KMB Studios, bringing to years the revolutionary force in podcast entertainment. Tonight, two idiots savants are going to get together and discuss professional wrestling. I'm Caleb Stovall, and I'm calling out Chris Dickens. Chris, you're going down. And tonight, will the owner of TMB Studios accept the challenge? Eh, f*** it. What else is there to do? Plus, tonight, two former guest appearances on this show come face-to-face here tonight. They have been known as the shitbags of this. You call me a shitbag and I agree to none of this and I still haven't got any royalty checks from touch my ass or dickin' ass. So I'm not doing this shit. Uh, and as well as tonight, he will come face to face with one of his best friends in this business. I am going to bro him the f*** to death tonight, right here in your house. I'm totally entertained by this. It's all here tonight on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Plus, someone, one of you, will become... Or will not become the lucky recipient of a brand new house. Sorry, we don't have that kind of money. So sit back and enjoy, in your house, the Stovall Wrestling Network. Okay, let's get this fucking shit. Welcome everyone to SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network! Welcome to In Your House! I'm Vince McMahon alongside Jerry the King Lawler. Welcome to In Your House. Welcome tonight. Wait a minute. Jerry the King Lawler? What are you doing? What, what are you talking about? What are you Is that your Vince McMahon? Yeah, I thought it would be different. Oh, well, if you're going to do Vince McMahon, then I'm just going to go ahead and be Daniel Maine for this instead of Jerry the King Lawler. It'll be Vince McMahon and Daniel Lee Maine. It's been my dream to call one of these old wrestling matches, and I think it'll be a wonderful thing to do it but right now. Ha- ha- hang on, hang on. You, in your house. This is not going to work. You can't have two assholes in the same mic. Well, me and Chris Wiggins did it all the time in Flatline Pro. What's the <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Stovall Wrestling I still love you guys, I love y'all too. Seriously though, uh, thank you everyone for joining us here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. We are back here to discuss uh, professional wrestling uh, and stuff like that. And just thought I'd throw a little nostalgia off right off the bat because, you know, NXT did In Your House uh, this past Sunday and we're going to get into that uh, and everything like that. Uh, but I am so glad that you guys are with us uh, here tonight. Um, it, it, it has been a weird uh, week here in America. Let, 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 let's just say that. It really it's, is. It's, it's, it's just been a weird time. Um, you know, I understand the frustrations and everything going on in the world right now. So you know what? Let's all just sit back. Let's relax. And let's have some fun talking uh, about our favorite Thing in the world, and I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him, even though he already technically has been introduced. He is the one, he is the only, he is the co host to you, TMB Studios himself, Mr. Chris Dickens. Chris, or as someone calls you, Dickens. Oh man, <laughs> well, for, for that uh, genuine turd of a nugget, uh, 
that Tennessee, uh, well, whatever you want to call him, the uh, toilet bowl cleaner himself. Oh, it's from Kentucky. Ah, uh, whatever. I'm putting him in Tennessee because that's where all the shit goes. TNA. What's up? <laughs> God. What's up, Stovall? What's up, SWN Fan Nation? Yes, Chris Diggins is back on the air with the Stovall Wrestling Network. We are going to have some fun going back, having a little bit of a nostalgia trip within your house, or as Caleb tried to do it earlier, in your house! <laughs> no, I didn't try. I definitely did it better than that. Did it, but I, I couldn't get my voice up because uh, I've been over here drinking Thermo Performance Energy Drink with a thousand... BCAA Aminos and uh, it's a 300 milligrams of caffeine. Are you trying to get sponsored by these? I am. If y'all are listening, please, <laughs> I would love, love to have you guys as a sponsor of Stovall Wrestling Network and TMB Studios. I love your drink. It keeps me awake. It keeps me going. It keeps me hyper. It keeps Stovall happy because I don't fall asleep while doing this show. So <laughs> bring it on. I need some more. Let's do some sponsorships. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get let's get into it before it goes any further off the well, track hey, than it hey, already hey, has. At least it's not Heiko Pro. Because <laughs> that is what it's all about. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, anyways. Oh, you know what? Speaking of all that, fuck it. Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about it, Chris. Let's talk about our favorite fucking thing in the world. Pro motherfucking. How many fucks can I sit and fit into one sentence? Well, that, this was a television show. I'd have a counter down at the bottom of the screen, but um, I can't do that. But maybe a ding every time you say one. That'll work. <laughs> That's a lot of editing. Let me take that back. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. Uh, Amino or ther- Thermo 1000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we could do like, like we did on the old show. Shoot oh, the God. Shit. Every time he says the F word, I have to... No, it was the S word every time I had to have a fart sound. <laughs> so every time you drop an F bomb, it's got to have a... F- <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I learned my lesson a long time ago. Yeah, right. Well, uh, speaking of not learning their lessons at WWE. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I, we're going to talk about In Your House um, coming up here in a minute. But I, So I, I saw something on SmackDown. This, but now, I don't actually like watch SmackDown right now, but I see it on Facebook posts and everything like that. So I'm still keeping up with it. And uh, one of the things that WWE has come under fire for, uh, again, seems like they're always under fire right now. Especially these days. For real. Um, is Jeff Hardy apparently was in an accident before the show. But, it, of course, you know, it happens right before the show. And, and there's camera crews on the scene and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and so basically, the long story short is, is that they're probably gonna, about to do, like, an angle, you know, about his history of drug problems and, and, and stuff like that. Um, here's my question. Why? Just simply why? I mean, it hey, it's not so much that we pissed your brother off and he went to another promotion. Let's piss yes. you off. Yes. Uh, and, and here's the thing with that. Didn't y'all already do this with Matt and Jeff beforehand when Matt turned on Jeff? And it was all these accents, and he kept saying Jeff was a screw-up, and you revisited his 
uh, drug issues and stuff like that. Now you're going back to it. Having him in a car accident, supposedly uh, running over, uh, what was it, Elias? And, you know, I don't know where you're Actually, going. Elias was in the car with it, him, it apparently. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense why you would even bring that to life and bring that into the story. Especially, why do we keep having to make real life part of your storyline? Well, it, and especially when the company right now is under so much scrutiny. Yeah. Right now, they have been ever since Saudi Arabia, ever since the coronavirus impact, mm-hmm. ever since uh, the releases that they really. I mean, I mean, they released like over a hundred superstars. Not to mention the way they're utilizing the uh, developmental talent as fans and the mistreatment that they were giving them on this first taping that they did. Yeah, apparently, was- apparently the uh, the audience was not happy. Like, like the uh, developmental talent was not happy, which I wouldn't be either. So, you want us to stand here for like four plus hours, basically? Actually, it's about eight hours is what I heard. They had to go through like three or four tapings. Jesus, that's ridiculous. Uh huh. That's just ridiculous. And plus, it's a blatant attempt to copy what AEW did because um, Double or Nothing was so successful with it. Yeah, and it's stupid. Because they just have to, they have to stomp on AEW at every chance they get. Or it just seems like that. And for the life of me, I just don't understand why. You are the WWE. You have your own fucking network. You 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 run you run things completely different from anybody else. Why do you think this company is a threat to you right now? Yeah. And if they're not, and here's the thing. If you're going to go on and say that they're not a threat or anything like that, then why do you keep trying to, you know, undermine them in every turn? Exactly. The just, reason why they are successful with the wrestlers being in the crowd is because they let them be them. They're not told to act a certain way or do a certain thing. They're being themselves because they know what needs to be done. They know who to cheer for. They know who to boo for. They know when to keep kayfabe rolling. They know when not to keep kayfabe rolling. They utilize that aspect and make it part of the show. Instead of putting them behind a hockey glass... And having them cheer and boo at your command. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand that, but you know, it, it, I guess it is what it is. Um, but going back to this Jeff Hardy thing, here's, here's why I definitely don't like this types of storylines because we have seen in the past that these types of storylines do not work. Nope. It didn't work with Jake Roberts. It didn't work with Scott Hall. Uh-uh. And it didn't work. Um, who else did they? Yeah, you know, have they tried that with? You know, there's it's been a few others. I can't remember exactly. And it doesn't have to be like the drug abuse or the alcohol abuse. It could also be like the whole cheating girlfriend storyline that they had with Matt and Edge, which was successful. Well, but yeah, yeah at that's the, at the same time distasteful in a way. I, you know, maybe, but both. In that case, both guys have to be on board with it. Yeah, but I'm just saying. And I thought that that they did a good job of making something... Because it was already blown out of proportion because of Matt Hardy. Right. Kind of thing. Here's the thing. You're still taking real life and and using it. It's going to bring up bad memories, bad seeds, and, you know... 
And that's why, you know, Scott Hall relapsed. That's why Jake Roberts relapsed. It's also why Jeff Hardy's relapsed multiple times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just it, it's just a bad idea. And here's here's my thing. What does it like what is the payoff of it? What like what like does the needle move on the ratings at all? No. Does the does the attendance grow bigger because of it? No. Does you know do you even get a good pay-per-view storyline out of it? No. No. Now I remember you get who nothing. the other one they did with Hawk of the Legion of Doom. When they had oh him come God! Down don't even remind me. I, I, I that definitely didn't move no needles. No, in fact, it, it, they went under complete scrutiny because of it. Because fans were not happy about it. They were like, "This is just this is too far," you know, kind of thing. Fans like it when things get real in wrestling. We all know this because you know it's fun to look at what is real and what is not, or, you know, what's scripted and what, you know, is um, actually real, going on and stuff like that. Shoot. But when you just, when you go too far with it, it just, it, it, it leaves a very, very bad taste in, in people's mouths uh, and stuff like that. And um, I just, I for one, am not a fan of it. Um, you know, I, I, we'll have to see where it goes, I guess. We'll have to see how far they take it. Um, who knows? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, something else that we'll have to see is uh, Impact Wrestling is getting ready to do Slammiversary. Yes. And uh, they had a big video tease that showed a number. I mean, I mean, not just one, but like several talents that have been released. And, you know, it, it made people... You know, kind of go, whoa, who who all are they bringing in? Are all of these people coming in? Because on this video, and it goes a little bit quick on it, so you can't really see everybody that's in it, which I guess is the point of it. Right. But two of them that were most notable was uh, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, and EC3 was also one of the people on that video. Now, was well. he now? I would not I and would not be surprised if he now, came back. Rockstar Spud was on there, but he recently just got a new WWE contract. <laughs> he got, I do believe it's an NXT contract, um, if I'm not mistaken. But another clue, and this is huge, another clue in there is the Bulgarian flag. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that Rusev might um, might come in um, there as well. But um, the, the thing is, is uh, the news spreading around is that this is possibly a handshake deal, um, that they're all still under a no-compete clause for 90 days. Of course they are. But that 90 days is up around the time of Slammiversary. So then they can show up there. Uh -huh. um, and it, it'll be interesting to see all um, who all shows up, uh, especially when you don't have a crowd there or anything like that right now, um, like everybody does uh, for that instance. But you know who hasn't been on Impact Wrestling for a while? Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. <laughs> She's been stuck in Mexico, which is why. Well, I'm pretty sure because I've been looking at her Instagram post. And, I'm um, sure you have. Well, no, it just happens to pop up. I really don't care about uh -huh. Tessa Blanchard anymore. Uh-huh. I hint, really hint, don't. Wink, wink. 
Great wing. I've been staring more at Bailey's backside lately. Wow, you are just... You and, I, and I'm really into Dr. Britt Baker. I need my teeth fixed. <laughs> she could probably fix your nose as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, I could teach her how to walk again. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Anyway, but yeah, she's been posting pictures of her on the beach with her man and just, you know, living it up in Mexico, but... Yeah, yeah along with uh, Selena Del Rita as oh, well. Uh, well, Ugh, I ain't going there. Okay, <laughs> all right, but yeah, yeah, she hasn't been on uh, on uh, Impact Wrestling. I keep saying TNA. I'm probably gonna always refer well, to it as TNA. Well, because they just brought back that they brought the TNA World Championship back onto the air and had that whole. Angle. What was the point of that? I don't know because it didn't uh, unless it was set up for that one night only event that they were supposed to have. Well, I, I I know that they were supposed to do that, and then of course the coronavirus happened, which. What weren't that wasn't that supposed to happen in Orlando, Florida? It was supposed to happen in Orlando, Florida. Inside the impact zone? Right. And it was The only way I would have accepted it is if they had brought back the six sided ring for that night. That I is honestly when think you that think of DNA, you can I do not think of a four sided ring. As much as, you know, in two thousand ten they tried to make you think about the four sided ring, no one bought it. It, nope. TNA was the six-sided ring. So that that would be what I would look for in that reunion. If it wasn't there, then I would say, well, then that's a and waste. And there was of- a lot of talks about a multiple uh, former TNA talents coming in. They were going to have the Young Bucks were going to make an appearance on a handshake agreement. Really? Uh, yeah, there was talks about that. The Motor City Machine Guns, Amazing Red. Uh, just a lot of uh, the who's who of uh, TNA talent that was supposed to come back for that night. And, of course, we get hit with the pandemic, but I think that bringing that TNA World title back in was, one, a way to capture the nostalgia trip for those of us who love TNA, uh, especially when they did the whole uh, introduction uh, with the former uh, announcer and everything and made it look like an old Impact taping, which yeah, was really cool. Yeah, I saw that. Um, um, I, here, here's my thing, too. If you have a TNA one-night stand pay-per-view... There is one athlete on there that if he is not on there, it's not TNA. It's AJ Styles. Absolutely. And you think Vince McMahon is going to let him? Well, I, you know, maybe he might, actually. He let Christian Cage go over just to have Ric Flair come back for that uh, Hall of Fame <laughs> ceremony. Which Dixie Carter missed a huge opportunity. She was like, she was just automatically, can we get Christian? Like, you couldn't try to get something else out of that but exactly. you know it's like yeah. we want christian and we're going to utilize him to but come here's out and but, somebody. But, but but here's the thing right so if it, it they might let aj styles do they wouldn't let him wrestle or anything like that or maybe they might i don't know but i mean if if you're gonna have a tna anything it cannot happen without aj styles he literally won mr tna five fucking years in a row yeah. At TNA. Well, I mean, WWE does have a good working relationship with Anthem Sports and utilizing the footage. Yes, like yes, they did. And, and uh, during a lot of their um, like footages of it, they will put on there all footage is provided by Impact Wrestling Plus. Start your subscription today, kind of thing. So they give them a plug on yeah, it, which so, is so weird. I don't understand how that works with WWE too. Like, 
I don't understand why one company gets to do this, but this company doesn't get to do that with them. But, you know, and they won't acknowledge anything else, but then they'll acknowledge this, you know. So who's to say that, you know, WWE, they do have the NXT and the developmental program and all, but who's to say that we don't have a former ECW-style partnership with Anthem Sports and Impact Wrestling? Uh, maybe... I wouldn't say that. I, like, it's not the same kind of thing because, it, I, it, I mean, I could, I could see why you would say that. But, well, and, and, and then that that brings up a good point because, you know, Killer Cross and Scarlet um, both just came from Impact Wrestling. They Straight signed a number. NXT. They signed a number of uh, Impact Wrestling stars mm-hmm. as well. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I have a hard time believing that, though, because I don't think Anthem is interested in making a deal with Vince like that. Like, like, oh, no, you can't just come in here and take our talent whenever you want to kind of thing. Because with, with ECW, that's what he could do. He could just walk up to Heyman and be like, hey, I want Rob Van Dam. Okay, here you go. It could be a smarter plan. It could be, you know, hey, let us run this, and if you like the guy, give us an opportunity to finish out the program we have with him, and you can have him. And they'll go right to NXT, and it'll look like they were picked up by developmental. Mm, maybe. I, I, there's a whole lot of... There's a whole lot of things in there, yeah. and, 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 and I don't would, think anyone will ever be able no, to... No, and it would explain this whole promo for Slammiversary with... Every single one of the people that was released from WWE in the package. I just think that's a coincidence, you know. Like I just, I just kind of think that the, it's coincidence. Then again, it, it could be. Well, but then again, where are they going to go right now? There's nowhere else running. I mean, NWA not NWA is not doing anything. Huh? MLW did just sign. Shout out to this guy if he is listening. Um, Saif Al Sabah. That's um, why I went into that transition. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I saw that that he just signed with MLW. I could not be more excited about that because uh, this dude literally has moves that I I, I don't have names for. Yeah. I don't like. I don't know what he just did in the ring, but it was incredible kind of thing. And uh, he's he, he's got a good look. He's got a he's got a unique look. Let's put yes. it that way. He's got a good personality. He's going to make a fine addition to MLW, and he's going to do something with uh, Injustice uh, as yes. well, which I guess they're a babyface group now, I guess. I really don't know. I, I have to see on that. But MLW <laughs> right now is under the control of the Contra unit, so <laughs> in storyline, obviously. That's funny, though. But, but literally, uh, they, all of their other stuff is like all of it. All of their stuff shows Contra unit, like, in charge of it. And I'm like, holy crap, like, they really take to that <laughs> kind of thing. So, I'm interested. I love MLW. I think I think them, you know, it's funny because I was listening to Arn Anderson on uh, his podcast, and they did the Ask Arn Anything, which they do that a lot on his podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, someone asked him uh, something. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but... Um, he was talking about, you know, AEW and WWE, and he said, he said, I know we're the talk of the town, meaning AEW, but, um, we, like, he said that right now, there has never been a more perfect opportunity for Ring of Honor 
NWA, MLW, and New Japan to capitalize on all of this. And I said that's interesting. And it really is because if you think about it, AEW is not going to go and sign all of those people nope. um, that were just released. They wanted FDR, obviously, but that might have been the only ones that they wanted, you know? And some people will give them, you know, shit for not signing this person and stuff like that. I'm sitting there going, maybe they didn't want them. Like, you might look at a talent, right, and say, okay, this guy has all of the potential in the world or something. Or, or, or this guy or girl has all of the potential in the world. Let's sign them. Then you sign them, and the question becomes, all right, what now? What do we do with them? And then, then guess what? They don't have anything for them. Yep. Now, in WWE's case, I hate that statement because I'm like, y'all have millions of hours of television, so you know y- y'all should be able to find something. But let's just say Impact Wrestling signs all of these people. Okay, what then? H- how are you going to take all of them and do something with them? I mean, I can see if you had like EC3 who has a storied history with Impact Wrestling. Well, obviously, he'd you be know, a top candidate. He'd be a top candidate, same thing with Rockstar Spud. Right. Be more than happy, but like, okay... You let, let's just look at the facts here, okay? You you sign Luke Gallows and Carl uh, Anderson. Gallows has a history in TNA he now. He does, and so does Anderson. They they both actually have a spot in uh, TNA at one point, shape or form. Hmm. Gallows um, was a member of the Aces, Aces and, and Aids. Yeah, I know that. You know, when that was fresh off his first run with WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and, yeah, <laughs> stupid. But you bring him in. And you bring them in as what they were in New Japan, okay? Who do you have them run with? There's nobody there that they could run with. And as far as I'm concerned, the tag division in Impact Wrestling right now, it's not red hot. It's not like on fire like it used no, to be. No, in fact, in fact, the only thing that they got right now is the Great White North or, or the Great North. It, yeah. Is that what they're called? I don't know. I know that, but they're actually a pretty good tag team. Yeah, but if that's all you've got, you don't have a stellar tag division. But then again, you know, they lost half of their tag division. Santana and Ortiz went to AEW. Phoenix and um, Pentagon went to AEW. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, they they lose. Um, that was their tag division. <laughs> there literally was that headline like several pay-per-views and yep. events for them. So, <laughs> Kind of thing. It was like uh, LAX versus the Lucha Bros. Consistently, every time you saw an impact taping, and you're like, this is damn good. And then next thing you know, they're with AEW. Yeah. Wow. In (laughs) fact, Pentagon won the damn, you know, title and lost it the very next week. I mean, he lost it the very next week on taping, obviously. And then it aired like three weeks later. But still, I sat there just like, um, why did we give it back to the jerk, like, like yeah. the guy that clearly did not want to do anything for the company kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. I can see things are starting to, you know, open up a little bit more. So now we're going to have even more wrestling again uh, to fall. And again, the one that I'm really looking forward to, both of them, MLW, obviously, and then uh, NWA. Yes. Uh, I can't wait till the NWA gets back on their game. Because to me, 
if anyone is going to be like the third biggest one, it's going to be either them or MLW. And they already had plans in the works before this whole pandemic hit. Yeah. It's just this pandemic kind of stopped them in their tracks. They're still doing just things like here everybody. and there, but I think they're playing it smart instead of wasting money. They're actually utilizing to, you know, get the fans involved and get them to know the talent a little bit more and, and utilizing that online space that they have with YouTube for advertisers to draw in some revenue and build up. So when it does come back full swing open, which hopefully by July 12th, Georgia will be completely open again. Hopefully. And um, we can kick things back into high gear. Well, I just hope that they, you know, do the Crockett Cup again like they were going to do um, and that it's going to be in Atlanta like it was um, so that we can go because yep. that was what I was trying to do. That was, I was the gonna, original concept. Yep. That was uh, that was what we were going to do. I was going to get us to go to that because um, it was in a pretty big building. Um, it would have looked good on pay-per-view and stuff like that. And their pay-per-views – um, have been great, yes. in my opinion. Um, I, like, I saw probably the match of the year, in my opinion, with uh, um, Thunder Rosa and uh, Allison Kay, which how Impact Wrestling let her go, I don't know. Yeah. But um, she was a main staple in Impact Wrestling. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that Impact Wrestling right now it, is doing where I'm just like, what? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, okay, they have completely neutered my girl, yeah. Rosemary. I don't even know what the fuck she's doing anymore. Yeah, she's sitting there reading cards inside of uh, one of the bars in Atlanta. Well, now, point, and, and here's like, the thing. What the fuck is this shit? Here's the thing. She's very entertaining in whatever, in whatever they put her in. But I'm just sitting there like, how did you have someone... Who, who was practically almost the face of the women's division, other than Gail Kim uh, at that point. How, how did this person, you know, clearly the crowd was behind her, too. And then somehow, but just, you know, nothing right now. Right after her injury. She comes back, yeah, she's gained a little bit of weight. Yeah, you know what, it happens. But... You, you well, when you're like when you got a hurt ball. leg, yeah, you, you can't can, really. You completely dropped the ball on her entire return, and not to mention the fact you dropped the ball with Crazy Steve came back and bringing back the K. Yeah, um, I well, I mean, you know, they don't have abyss um for that anymore. Still, but you could have it started with Crazy. They could have had. I didn't even realize Crazy Steve was back. Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Which is so sad because to me, Decay was some of the best stuff that TNA did at the time. Mm -hmm. Especially during the Dixie Carter era, I guess we'll call it well, that, you know. Because that was Carter under. Or, or was it, um, you know, Corbin? <laughs> I, well, that I'm not going to get into, but um, <laughs> yeah, no. It could have been Jeremy Borash writing it as well. I don't know. The point is, though, is that that was some of the best stuff that they had. And yes. I just don't – I get that she got injured. Okay, cool. Then it should have been an even – like I thought – and I think what really happened was that she made that cameo at Bound for Glory first. And everybody thought, all right, she's back. 
you know, kind of thing. But then she didn't, you know, return from the undead realm until that TNA um, in, um, I get it wasn't Slammiversary, was it? Yeah. It, it was, was Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah, Homecoming. Um, I guess it just, I don't know. I just, I, it just, it pains me to see that. But then again, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's not much more they can do with it or something right now, well, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe hopefully her contract will end up Then again, I don't think that they know what to do with the women's division right now because, again, what did I say they were going to run into the problems of? What did I say that they were going to run into the problems of when they were talking about giving the belt to Tessa? Yeah. The problem is now is you've now said to the girls, that women's title doesn't mean anything. You really want to go for this now. Yeah. But guess what? Not every girl's gonna go for it. Nope. So the the knockout division and Impact Wrestling is pretty much they're trying to reignite it with new knockouts and everything. But guess what? I I mean, it, uh, Smiley Kylie Ray is a good um, start to that. She's very good. Um, she's very into her character as well. Um, it, <laughs> I think another thing too is this whole Susie uh, angle with uh, Sue Young. No, Jesus. It, well, it's Sue Young, but it's Susie. Jeez. Hi, I'm Susie. Um, and, um, oh, well, okay, here's another caption I saw from Impact Wrestling, um, and it's on their, like, YouTube things, and I saw the video clip of it. It said, um, Kiara Hogan and, um, I forget the other girl's name, but she, uh, they bully Susie, and they use the word bully. I'm like, I... How is it a wrestler gets bullied? Yeah. I mean, I get that she's supposed to be this shy, you know, little girl and and, and stuff like that. But I I still don't see how it's a bully. I will say, though, I like it when when they're kicking her. And it's, you know, it's a backstage promo and stuff like that. So when they kick her, she, like, kind of, like, gets flashes of Sue Young, like, ah. I'm not going to take this, you know, kind of thing. And here's here's another problem with that. Sue Young and Rosemary are practically partially the same character. Yeah. They have the same style of character. When you have two characters like that that are the same exact style, which one do you push harder? Exactly. It's rough. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But I like... I like the fact that I'm hearing some positive things about Impact Wrestling. Um, you know, obviously, they're still around. There's, you know, you can still go there to make a little bit of money. And didn't you get, say get Booker some, T had said something about them recently? Yeah, I um, I heard this on, um, and I don't even think it was on his podcast. I think he might have just been in an interview or something like that. But they talked about his time at TNA or asking him, you know, what his was like. And, you know, he said this and that about it, but then he talked about now about Impact Wrestling. He he thinks that Impact Wrestling is fixing to get back into the game. Like, he, he thinks that they're about to become a pretty, a, a, a big promotion again, you know, kind of thing. Um... It might not be hard to argue with him on that um, in some in some aspects. You know, I, I still think they got a long way to go. But, you know, with all of these releases coming in, it's going to give them a whole fresh new look. It's going to give them fresh new rivalries. 
along with names that people really know. Yeah. So there might be some there might be some truth to that. What and, what do you think? Well, I mean, they now have a, a permanent fixture for a network, Access TV. Yes. Uh, which has been very well proven with New Japan and with uh, Wild Women of Wrestling. So and with uh, mixed martial arts as well because they have the Friday night fights. So they have a good platform. Mm-hmm. They're utilizing social media to their advantage. The same thing WWE's doing. Same thing AEW's doing. If they get plus. yeah, they have the streaming service. Uh, the only problem with that is that's all it is. It's a streaming service, so they're not gonna. Well, they also have something though that I really feel has always kept them afloat. I could be wrong, but I would love to ask them. Like, if I ever got a chance to sit down with Impact Wrestling or or officials at Impact Wrestling, I would ask them, I'm like, how much has the Twitch helped y'all? Because to me, that's where they're kind of staying afloat. And where they stayed afloat, especially when they were looking for a new network. Yeah, they had Twitch to fall back on. Yeah. All the special events... Aired on Twitch. Mm-hmm. All the uh, joint promotional shows aired on Twitch. Yep, and all of the classic Impact Wrestling, a TNA, you know. Not to the... mention they have a deal with Pluto TV, and they have their own channel on Pluto TV. There you which go. is free, so people can access it. Twitch is free. They can access that. And Access TV, if you have a subscription service with a mm-hmm. streaming service that has Access TV... Mm-hmm. You get Access TV, and you can watch it. And some cable providers, a majority of them, do carry Access. So they have a good platform. They have utilized social media to their their biggest advantage. Mm -hmm. And all they need is the big-name talents. Your EC3s, your Rockstar – well, if they can ever – if Rockstar Spud ever comes back on the market. If they do get Gallows and Anderson, that will be a coup. Mm -hmm. Um, You know – there's a whole lot of talent that they could draw in and build on that new talent that I'm they telling have as you well. though, I'm telling you, though, to Impact Wrestling, if you are smart, don't even have EC3 come out for an angle. Just have him come out in the middle of the ring and just hand him the goddamn microphone. Because he probably has a chip on his shoulder. Agreed. Because they didn't let him say one fucking word in WWE, which I will never understand. I do not get that. Because this guy was able to make people hate him in TNA. Not only hate him, but then when he turned babyface, they fucking loved him as well. Like I think it falls upon the old uh, cliche with WWE. When EC3 was with Impact Wrestling was when Impact Wrestling made their biggest move to try to go against WWE. Is when uh, you know EC3 was starting to get hot. So biggest why, move against WWE. Well, EC3, Ethan Carter III, and you know it's a rival company who tried to take on WWE. What better way to showcase we're bigger than them? Bury the fucking talent. That that mindset to me is the most ridiculous mindset I've ever heard in my life. How does that help anyone? How does it even help WWE? It makes you look like assholes. Because it's it's clear that Impact Wrestling didn't work out. Yeah. We get it. 
We don't need you to bury a talent to show us that. Which is why I'm so surprised they didn't bury AJ. Well, I'm pretty sure they tried to, but the crowd wouldn't let him. Yeah. I mean, he was just... And, and plus, his work was just too damn good. Kind of thing. Like, like there was... AJ Styles... Let's put it this way. AJ Styles at TNA was not made to look like a top guy at times. He was made to look like a fucking fool. Especially with the Prince of Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. he acted stupid. And I thought... I thought that was insulting. Now, if you ask AJ, he said, well, I just have fun with that, you know, kind of thing. And I can see that. You know, I can see if they, if, especially if I was a talent and they come up to me and they say, say, we got that idea for you. Yeah, I'd have fun with it. That's fun stuff to do. You know, it, it, it might not help your, well, actually it helped them because a lot of people saw that. Then they went, okay, this guy does have more layers to him, you know, kind of thing. I just, I don't understand that mindset. I don't, like, how does that help you, the company? It doesn't. It Clearly it doesn't. I mean, hell, you might as well say then they're burying Nakamura because he's from New Japan and he got huge over there. Fuck, they ain't done anything with him lately. No, they have not done anything with him, which is a crying goddamn shame. I, I just, I don't understand how you look at that guy and you go, I ain't got nothing for you. Or your my personal favorite, start kicking everybody in the nuts. Why? I I, I don't know. I liked it when he did it to AJ the first time. Yeah. Because it was a good heel move. But then it just became long and drawn out. It just and and by the way, him and AJ still had amazing matches. With that stupid stuff. Yeah. Especially the last man standing matchup. That matchup was fucking amazing between the two of them. But, you know, we'll have to see uh, where all, you know, all this goes uh, and everything like that. I'm excited for Impact Wrestling right now. Um, I will be looking forward to Slammiversary. Obviously, this Sunday, as we are recording this, is supposed to be... Uh, well, it's Backlash, obviously, but it is supposed to be the greatest wrestling match ever. That's what the <laughs> name of this is. <laughs> and I don't, like, okay, that means now, it's like, like someone in marketing in WWE, that means that this matchup literally has to be the best thing that you've ever done in your life. And it has which to it, be Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. Good luck. has to be, you know... Honestly, has to beat Austin's whole run. Has to beat Hulkamania body slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania has to beat, 3. Has to beat Steamboat and Savage. Yeah. Has to beat Michaels and Undertaker. Michaels and Bret Hart. Michaels Bret Hart in any Ramon. matchup he's ever done. Yeah. Michaels in any matchup he's ever done. It has to beat AJ Styles and John Cena. John, a lot of John Cena's matches has to be all of this. Rock versus Austin. Hell, it has to be Edge's previous encounters as well as Orton's. I just don't. I, I don't get it. I like I like it because it's Edge and Orton, right. and I know I'm going to be entertained either fucking way. It's going to be great in that instance. But if you're going to put all of this hype and say this is the greatest wrestling match ever, ugh. I, it's, that, and then it, it's automatically got those feelings that it's going to be 
a cinematic. Oh, it's obviously going to be a cinematic. There's a, there's no there's no way it can't. The, the the question is, how is it going to be cinematic? Because every cinematic piece that they have done has not taken place technically in like the middle of the ring or even in the performance center. Every cin every cinematic match that they've done, you know, the Money in the Bank was at the WWE headquarters, mm -hmm. and you had to bow your way up there, which I thought was a travesty. The Boneyard matchup, which is the best one that they've done by far, that was, you know, not in the ring. That was on a graveyard site, obviously, but it was something that they built, but it was still amazing. Right. Um, the Firefly Funhouse, you know? Yeah, they, they they did it in the ring, but it wasn't much of it, it you know. Much of a wrestling match, more or less, just a flashback through time and the what Cena was supposed to be like. I I just I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see um, and everything. And you know, for that instance, you're going to try to say that that a lot of this stuff is better than a lot of your in your house matches, which in your house had some of the best matches, to mm -hmm. be quite honest. And speaking of in your house. We're going to talk about In Your House, because NXT brought back In Your House for TakeOver. And we're going to talk about it after this commercial break from TNB Studios. You are listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network. Come on back with us. It's SWN. I know we're supposed to do some sort of commercial or something like that, man. Uh, you know, I'm not prepared for stuff like this. Look, it's easy, man. You just got to say one line. That's it. One, one line, okay. Yep. So, uh, well, you picked up the, what was, what's, what's the one line? Look, look, it's easy to say, man. Look, all you got to do is say that 90s nostalgia is now on TMB Studios in podcast form, and we're talking about the 90s more than ever before. That simple. So, is that your line or my line? That's your line. Well, well you just said it. No, I, I uh, said it because you said your line. So, so we're done here. No, we're not done. All you had to do was just say that 90s Nostalgia is on TMB Studios, and it's in podcast form, and we're talking about the 90s more than ever before. How hard is that for you to say? It's not, but you said it already. I know I said I said it for the for you. Uh, well, well, I guess we're done here. Uh, no, no, we're not done. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, just let's just start the commercial. It's already it's started. Already cool. What? <laughs> No, we don't start the commercial until I say start the commercial. I'm the guy in charge. Yeah, and we don't TV start it. Studios, touch my bass productions. It's the same thing all over again. People tell us what to do. I tell you. Oh, what the? Nobody starts it. We need to start this until somebody says 90s nostalgia on TMB Studios. I guess we're done. And I, I guess um, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later, brother. No, no. We're 90s nostalgia. Just say the freaking line. 90s, 90s nostalgia. nostalgia. Catch it exclusively on TMB Studios. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoneball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stoneball Wrestling Network, and we are going to talk about the uh, event that just took place on the WWE Network that brought us all back to our childhoods, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, with a little New Age flavor mixed in with it. Uh, we're, of course, we're talking about NXT TakeOver 
in your house. That's right. They brought back the in your house. Uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna call it pay per view event because that's what we know it as. Um, and the way <laughs> they already had me sucked in five minutes into this thing because um, it opens up right. The <laughs> the the pay per view opens up with NXT. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment, the old WWF logo and shit. Like, I remember it like it was yesterday um, kind of thing. Um, it was great seeing that open up. And then the next thing you see is fucking Todd Pettengill. <laughs> yeah. Todd Pettengill. I'd always wondered what happened to Todd, too. Um, but he, he opens up the thing and he does an old school style in your house intro with NXT. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Like tonight, tonight and tonight. <laughs> like, and someone will, uh, sorry. What? Uh, oh, someone will not be winning. <laughs> I know that was hilarious. Someone will not win this morning. <laughs> So, um, I, I I loved it. I love it. And then, um, and it showed like, you know, the classic opening with NXT and then all of a sudden, Chris, (laughs) this was my favorite part. It goes in and it shows my man, um, Jamie from code orange. And he goes, welcome to our house. And they play, um, underneath code orange does. Um, and it, Oh my God! You know I was losing it. Oh yeah, I, I immediately as I'm watching this, I'm like, I know right now Stovall's probably running to his bedroom because he just wet himself with joy. <laughs> I know yeah. that he just probably as soon as Todd Pettingill said, "Welcome to in your house," and it cut and said, "Welcome to our house," I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, I, I know. know. I saw Code Orange. I was like, he's I was on like, his couch. I was like, like, "Oh my God, God. Code Orange!" <laughs> Uh, dude, I love Code Orange, and their new album uh, is fucking amazing. Um, and uh, Charlie Clanfield, get with it. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, they were amazing. I don't care what anyone says, and you know who I'm talking to on that. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, I had to do that. All right. But, um, yeah, so it opens up, and then, and if you notice, they had the old school in your house. They did, I- including the nine monitors set. <laughs> I know, I saw that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that was From the so garage awesome. to the front door to the nine monitor set, and even the, the green carpet on the front. I know it was so it was so good, wasn't it? Yes, like, I, it brought back so many memories um, of, of of those things. Um, and you know, I'll say this is once you got past all that, and then you know you, you go into the first matchup, which was a six women's uh, tag match. Yes, um, and then you realize there's no crowd there. I mean, there's the developmental talent, whoop de doo. Yeah, but. It's not the same. It's kind right. of thing. So this and was it just, just driving it, off of nostalgia. But it, it just it sucks because think of how awesome this would have been in an arena. Oh yeah, kind of thing. It would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. Um, hell, 
think if they would have done this, like, during WrestleMania weekend, for that matter. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be the perfect time to do it? Yeah, that would have garnered a huge crowd if we were able to have crowds at that point. It, it, it would have, but um, yeah, we, we have the six-woman uh, tag matchup to, uh, to open it up, and then we have my man, Keith Lee. Oh, bask in his glory! <laughs> Against uh, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling! And, that, and I love the part, Johnny walks through the front door and locks it. He locks the key and then puts it in his truck. And what sucked about that was my friend was watching this with me, right? And he, he's not a wrestling fan or anything like that. So I'm just watching it on my TV. And he sees that part. He's like, what the fuck, is, what the fuck are we watching? I was like, you know, there's some things I can explain about wrestling. There's some I cannot. This is one of them. <laughs> it was just... It was just something I was like, well, he's putting a key in his tights. He's like, why is he putting the key in his tights? I'm like, so he can get back through the dressing room, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Even though there was a curtain area right yeah. there. And what I, what I found was hilarious was at one point in the match, he runs up there to try to unlock the door. I know. That was so and funny. And he meets him up there. He's like, you trying to go through? He's like, no. It slams him into the door. That was so funny. Um, But, man, is Keith Lee not a fucking beast? He is. He is one of, if not, you know, becoming the biggest talent on the NXT roster at the moment. Hey. You know, I won't be surprised when he gets called up soon to the main roster. They're going to look at that guy and going to be like, okay, he can work, he can talk, and he's big. Yep. And he's got a huge following right now. Oh, he's got a huge following. I Well, he had a huge following technically from the independents. It took him a while, but when he got that all bask in his glory thing, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Like, just, like uh, it, it, it was over. Rocket. And I'm very surprised. Well, I'm not even sure that that they necessarily, you know, tried to use that as one of his catchphrases. But I think the crowd just started chanting it, and they were like, "Well, that's going to be it then, because yeah. we can't we can't stop them," kind of thing. Nope. Once the crowd makes their decision, that's it. And with NXT, you know, Triple H does a really good job of that. Um, you know, which is why people say he should be running WWE right now. Um, cause he just, he runs NXT so good. And this show is a great example, uh, of that, but these two had an awesome matchup. I did think it went a little bit too long. Yeah, and I agree with for that. For my taste, I thought, I thought, okay, we could have shaved just maybe a couple of minutes off of this matchup, but overall it was great. Um, is Keith, so is Keith Lee dating, um, Mia Yim? I don't know. That, that's the thing, is I'm not really sure, but... Or Jade. I, 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 I prefer her as Jade. I wouldn't be But then again, they're technically kind of the same kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, close but, enough. Um, Mia Yim, though, man, she's going to be something in this women's division if she isn't already. I mean, she's She's got an attitude to her. She's got a look, a very unique look, yeah. you know. Um, she's, she's just different. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I really like her, and I think that she's going to make some big waves uh, oh, yeah. in NXT. Especially considering that, you know, we're, we're going to end up having a lot of the uh, bigger name uh, women in NXT making their transition over to the main roster. When that happens, that leaves that gap open for somebody to take that role. She's ideal for it. She's already built for it. So yeah, she really is, and and, and they've got a they got a number of good women right now. Um, Candice LeRae still, yep. I mean, she's amazing, obviously. Um, Tegan Knox is really coming into her own. She really is. Um, I, I I've got to say, so is uh, uh, Dakota Kai. Um, is, is, is doing pretty good. Uh, just, a num- oh, um, and, uh, I, I always butcher her name, but Shorty Black, um. I know who you're talking Shorty about. Shorty Blackhouse? Yeah, I think. I, or Blackhouse? Blackhouse, Blackhouse, something like that. Yeah, something, I'm, I'm sorry, enough. I'm sorry if I'm butchering her Close name. Close enough. Name, send me a bunch of hate mail tweet to, uh, at Chris Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Wow. <laughs> uh, send me the hate mail to that one. Anyways. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, this matchup was awesome. I kind of expected there for a minute Johnny Gargano to pull off the upset, but uh, no, Keith Lee uh, still retain. He is the North, North American, American champion. Uh, championship, yeah. And uh, uh, it, it, it was a good solid match. Again, only minor complaint really about it is just I I thought it could have been shaved off a little bit. Yeah. But um, then we go into right after that, which still to this to, to this very minute has me scratching my head on this one. Why did we go to our main event right after? I, I get that the women end up headlining it, which, right. is, which is really cool. I, I get that. But to me, I'm sitting there like, this is the NXT title, and these two have been in a you know, hate-filled, you know, battle. Maybe they wanted to keep people's attention. I don't know. Uh, it's who knows why they make the decisions on where the matches fall. No, but we. It was a parking lot brawl, and the minute I saw the setup, um, I immediately thought, "All right, well, this is a cinematic matchup, obviously. Yep. Um, no way around it." And uh. <laughs> I love the Velveteen Dream. They came out dressed like as Megan. Like, like there Megan. was no barbed wire bat. Well, no, they can't do tank. that because that's not PG. No, not <laughs> that it's like let's not get a lawsuit here from. Uh, yeah, let's not let's not have AMC send us a direct thing of like, okay, so we know that you can take some things. That was just a clear fucking ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, but it was interesting. And then Adam Cole showing up in a fucking monster, monster truck. truck. Like, that wasn't even a truck. That was a monster truck. Yeah. Like, I like, thought for a minute there. Austin now? Yeah, I thought for a minute there he was going to try to shove him off of Cobo Hall and then have him reappear for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe run over, like, a, a limo or something. <laughs> Yeah, run over a limo or throw two guys off of the uh, building, and then they just show up on Raw the very next day with nothing wrong with them. Uh, anyways, uh, another story for a different day. Even after acknowledging they died on social media. I know. Only one of them did, too. Alistair yeah. Black was like just sent a ghost, ghost. picture. Which I, When I watched that, I was like, oh, my God. But anyways... I knew these two were going to put on a good matchup. And they did. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed what I seen. 
Um, and they had the, all the right spots at all the right moments, uh, especially, you know, with everything transitioning in the matchup. It ran fluid. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the interference, even with the appearance of uh, the weird-looking dude. I can't remember his name because he's still new. So, it's so okay, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, that is Sam Shaw, is it not? Samuel Shaw? Yes. That's Samuel Shaw, and he was already doing the Dexter thing. Like, he came up with the Dexter-type gimmick in um, uh, TNA. Yeah. He was doing that with uh, Christy Hemme uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which was right which now. was weird, and it, it, it's just fucking weird. But, <laughs> so WWE sees that, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just actually call you Dexter and add a, and add a last name. I was like... Huh? So he's called Dexter Loomis. But yeah, that's 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 Sam Shaw. So I didn't even know that he got signed to NXT. I didn't either until this happened. I mean I mean he's he's been on a few um NXT shows anyways, uh before this, and he was he was involved in this feud. But I'm sitting there like I was just like, Dexter Loomis? That's his name? No one could thought of any, No one could think of anything else. Yeah, let's, let's just let's, let's just, just call him Dexter. Let's just have let's just Fuck have Showtime send us. Let's go ahead and combine you know the serial killer from one show with the <laughs> fucking killer from Scream. <laughs> Dexter and Billy Loomis. Hmm, Dexter Loomis. Yeah, it fucking works. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just have Showtime send us a <laughs> cease and desist, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't right know. on top of AMCs. I don't even know if they can, to be quite honest. Because I, I mean, you Dude. would literally have to—you would literally have to copy every mannerism of Dexter for them to do that kind of thing. I, I don't know, but it was—it was interesting. Like it caught me off guard. Um, the only thing I'll say about this matchup: Why couldn't the announcers shut the fuck up? Yeah. Uh, I love Mauro Ronaldo. Um, I think sometimes he overexplains and talks too much. Oh, just Jesus sometimes. Christ. Just sometimes. When they started throwing chairs in the ring, he screamed out, I'm having ECW flashbacks. And I'm like, Well, that's okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm with that. I would say I'm, that. But I'm looking at it going, Did you really have to say that? <laughs> like, really? Did you it's really Mauro have to say Ronaldo. that? It's Mauro Ronaldo. I mean, then, I, I, I'm not, not going to hate on the guy or anything like that. I know what. I know what he was told to do, you know, they yeah. were told to talk through this matchup. But now is it that every time we have a cinematic matchup, we're just going to copy AEW yeah. Stadium Stampede match? Like, not as far as the moves or the idea or anything, but the announcers talking over now the cinematic matches where they didn't do that at all during um, the Money in the Bank no. or the Firefly Fun or no. the Boneyard, or the Boneyard. Match, no. which is to me, if you're going to do a cinematic match, don't talk over it like that. AEW's was different because it wasn't all about different camera shots. You know, it, it didn't feel like... Like, it felt like another wrestling matchup, but just with some extra shots in there kind of thing. Right. Whereas those cinematic matches that WWE has, like the Boneyard, the Firefly Fun, even the um, atrocious Money in the Bank... Um, it it still like felt like a movie type thing, right? And yeah, I I don't know. I I really didn't agree with the announcers talking over it, 
but to each his own. I mean, I, I'm not going to have a problem with Mauro Ranallo, uh either way because yeah, I, I love Mauro Ranallo. He's awesome. Um, but I just, I just wondered why this matchup was right here in the middle of the show. I mean. I mean, we're not even talking about it was before the main event. We're talking it was literally in the middle of the the show. And that was just, that was really, I don't know. That was a head scratcher to me. But, um, I mean, if the women were supposed to headline it, good for them, too. I'm not not taking anything away from them. But but when you do this style of matchup, to me, this needs to be at the end of it kind of thing. I Um, agree. but, But that's just my opinion. It was still good. Uh, they beat the hell out of each other. They used what was around them and stuff like that. It they used felt, the car. It felt like a parking lot brawl. Yeah. They um, did. It, it felt... And I was very surprised at the ending. I like I, the Uber spot where the woman pulls up. Somebody call Uber and Velveteen <laughs> throws Adam Cole in the backseat and starts beating the shit out of him. And the ref goes, you might want to leave. <laughs> I loved it. I it was did. great. Uh, you see... That's okay because that helps to the action. That helps adds to the action kind of thing. Right. Whereas the difference was with Money in the Bank when you had you know the people power thing, the Bruce Pritchard spot, even the McMahon spot. It was like it didn't do anything for the matchup kind of thing. It was just there to be there kind of thing. Well, actually, the, the McMahon spot was good, and so was the the Pritchard thing. Right. But. The the John Laurinaitis showing up on the thing, and then the janitor, and then Doink the Clown, and, and the Paul Heyman bit. Yeah, I, just, I I thought that was I thought that was all just a little bit too over, over the too. top. But um, I loved uh, I loved this one. This this one was good. Um, I, I gotta I gotta give my hats off to him. Uh, was very surprised at the ending. I expected Dream to. Uh, go over as the title or as new champion and that's not the case in fact now he's got the stipulation on him that as long as Adam Cole holds the title he can't challenge for it anymore so that was his last opportunity so it's going to be real interesting to see where they go am I going to watch it over AEW no but (laughs) I'm going to watch it on the network for you know streaming services and being able to do DVR yeah, and they still do that, even though they have a contract with USA, you know, kind of thing. So, yep. uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, and then I can't remember uh, what matchup was after that. It right was Killer top. Cross. Oh yeah, that's right, is, Killer um, Cross and Scarlet um, facing off. Scarlet. Um, Scarlet. It wasn't Scarlet. Scarlet. And he's face off against. Uh, Johnny Gargano's former partner. Hang on. What were we talking about? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Scarlet. What? <laughs> Sorry, I just can't help but think of Scarlet Bredore. Oh yeah, Jesus. Christ. Um, and yes, it is her. That is her name. It's Scarlet. It is her name. It's 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 um it's Killer Cross. Well, actually, I don't think it's Killer Cross. Or is no, it Killer Cross? It's not Killer Cross. It's something else. I kept the cross part. They just changed his first name. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I haven't been still going to call him Killer Cross. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and I'm still going to call her Scarlet. Because yeah. <laughs> when she came out in that interest, I was like, ooh, buddy. Woo. 
Yes. She is just, she is just something else. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, then we had Tommaso Ciampa, um, yep. in, in this matchup. Um, no surprise, Cross went over. Um, it was, a, it was an interesting, uh, but it felt more like a filler matchup. Yeah. Uh, you know, I felt like this kind of should have felt bigger. But it just kind of felt like a filler matchup. Yeah, but it still was good. It was a good match, but it was one of those, yeah, just put it in there so we get, uh, you know, enough time to space out. I guess as so. If, as if all the nostalgic, you know, commercials and announcement wasn't enough, the WWE sandwich bars. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. in just a minute. Yeah. But, um, just, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it, it felt like it could have been even bigger, and it felt like it was supposed to be it bigger. It should have been. But who knows? I I, I don't know. Um, I I did like it though. It, it was it was still pretty you good. Like Scarlet. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, but yes, I, I I do. Um, and then uh, we go to the main event, the triple threat matchup for the NXT Women's Championship. Or am I not even allowed to call that? Is it just now the NXT title, which is so fucking confusing to me, but that's a different story. Um, we've got Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Charlotte. Which, by the way, before I go any further, why Rhea Ripley's maneuver, or finishing maneuver, is not called, believe it or not, <laughs> it's just beyond me! <laughs> Wow, he hit the corny button way earlier in this episode. <laughs> if he didn't already hit it with a Vince McMahon impersonation, he definitely hit it on that one. <laughs> it's like he looked at that button and said, Slam it down, down! Oh, wow. Lord. Rhea Ripley hit the, believe it or not! <laughs> I mean, seriously. That definitely sounds like a Vince McMahon thing. You're Wouldn't it be? Rhea Ripley, <laughs> your finisher's to believe it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, guys. She just hit her finisher, believe it or not. I'm just saying it. It, 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 it makes sense. But anyways, uh, and then of course James Caleb Kitchen's favorite wrestler, Charlotte. Oh, um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, so this matchup was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this, this was a fucking main event. Um, the the girls worked very hard. Um, Io Shirai is a freak because she like, like she's a daredevil. Yeah, is, is what I mean by that. Um, up top, the fucking in your house thing, and I kept thinking I'm just like, this would be so cool if there was a crowd. Like I get there's a bunch of development. I'm not gonna kill myself for a bunch of developmental. <laughs> that we already people. did that in AWF. Oh, well, this is very true. Anyway. <laughs> we were doing this before WWE thought it was cool. You might need to sue them eventually. I'm anyway. sue them for every, the North American title, the use of uh, wrestlers in the crowd. You, you will get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You will get nothing. There's a free this. subscription to the WWE Network. Wait, we already do that. Yeah, this is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something. Anyways, um, so this matchup was awesome. It went back and forth. There were a bunch of, it, it looked like Charlotte was about to retain again, and then Io Shirai hits her moonsault from the top on Rhea Ripley, and covers Ripley while Charlotte is in, you know, the figure eight, because their shoulders are to the mat, and 
Io Shirai wins the NXT Women's Championship. Good for her. Yeah. That's going to be... Definitely well-deserved and well-earned. That's going to be interesting, and, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not trying to take away from it or, or anything like that. I have a feeling that that has something to do uh, with Hannah Kimura. Because if you if you uh, remember Io Shirai... Uh, and Oscar are very were very good friends with her. Yeah, kind of thing. Well, they might not have been like great great friends or something like that, but but they you know they knew each other. Um, so I got I kind of think it, it that was one of the reasons why. If it is, it's not going to take away from anything no. e- either way. Uh, Io Shirai, you know, has been um, just an amazing performer ever since she's been in NXT. You know, her doing the moonsault off the top of the cage, um, just the classic matchups that she's had. Um, it's it's, I, I, and I like her character, the Sultan of the Sky. Oh yeah. Um, or is it is it the Sultan of the Sky or is it um, something? It's it's something of the sky kind of thing, but um, I could be uh, mixing that up with someone send else. Hate mail to James Caleb Kitchens. He'll bring it up on a. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, um, oh god, I'm gonna get shit for that. Anyways, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it it was just it, it was an awesome uh, matchup. Um, yeah, just just from start to finish, it, it was great. It was a great overall event. It was. And to me, Chris, it's interesting though when I went because I went back and I watched some of it again, and I I kept thinking I'm like I don't know what I like better. I don't know if I like the matches or if I like all of the <laughs> nostalgia promos right. that they were doing when Adam Cole came out. I'm sorry. Adam Cole, baby! Man, he still rests in peace. I saw, they actually acknowledged that on AEW Unrestricted with Hangman Adam Page on his thing. They're, they were like, they were like, y- y'all killed Adam Cole, right? He's like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, may you rest in peace. I went, no! <laughs> that's I his brother in the next team. That's what they said. That, that, that's his twin brother or something. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, that's just great yeah. stuff. But when Adam Cole came out and did the Ico Pro commercial, I lost it. I was, oh my god, that's just too fucking clever. Have him do it, kind of thing. Yep. It's, it's per- and what was great was is he even did it just like Bret Hart. He's like, that is what Ico Pro is all about. He didn't even try to switch like like. He said it. The he said it in a Canadian way, like Bret Hart would. I was like, "That's too yeah. funny." And then, of course, you know they had the little advertisement for the WWE sandwich bars, <laughs> and it had Roman Reigns, John Cena, and Becky Lynch on the front of them. And I'm looking at that, going, "Yep, CM Punk is uh, just loving this shit right now." <laughs> <laughs> they probably seen that and be like, "Fuck you, Trips. <laughs> Fucking hate you." And then. So Pattingale comes back on, and he goes, find out all this great merchandise. Call the WWE hotline. The 1-900. He goes, oh, wait, wait. 
we don't have 900 numbers anymore? <laughs> I was like, this is brilliant. And he goes, you can, you can find us on WWEshot.com. You can go on uh, our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and AOL, AOL chat. chat. I was like, We got what? a live, and it shows Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Oh, my and, God. Shawn Michaels Rodeau. trying to figure out how to work a You're computer. there, and that's a Windows 95 computer, and he's, Triple H is slapping the monitor. <laughs> If anything, great. people just go and skip to that part if you don't want to watch the whole thing. It's just... Road Dog looks old as shit. <laughs> they all look old as shit. Well, like, Shawn Michaels looks like he's been through hell. Road Dog looks like he's been spending an eternity at a retirement home. <laughs> and Trips is looking there like, I had three dogs. The fuck y'all doing? I know. I got three daughters and try to run this place and try to deal with Vince McMahon. Fuck you all. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of thing. And his daughter. Oh, it was it was great. Um, I, I, oh my god, that was just that was just too priceless. Yeah. Um, it was it was great. That I'm okay with. That that is just. And think if that had been a crowd and you would have heard them like in the background, they'd, they have, been been laughing. Out laughing. they'd have been laughing. They'd been laughing. It it was so funny. Um, overall, it's just I, I loved it. I I couldn't help it. Um, Even without a crowd, this event was able to capture the nostalgia. Of the early 90s and the in-your-houses and still combine uh, all the greatness of what is NXT. Yeah, it, it, it was tremendous uh, all the way around. I, I loved every single uh, minute of it. And, and, you know, speaking of the 90s nostalgia of In Your House. No I plug go- for that podcast. <laughs> just realized that too i didn't even that that wasn't even planned anyways um yeah speaking of which uh let's talk about some in your house uh we've got one more segment here uh for you all we're going to take another quick commercial break though from tmb studios find out what's coming to tmb studios right here on on touch my bass productions i just totally screwed that up it's tmb studios yeah Find out what's coming up at TMB Studios, and then come right back. Stovall Wrestling Network. Yeah, thanks. It's Morphin' Time! Hey, folks, it's me, Caleb Stovall, here, and I am not here to talk about wrestling. I am here to talk to you about my brand new podcast called Power Rangers Go. That's right, it's going to be all about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And not just Mighty Morphin, but all Power Rangers. We're going to go through the entire Power Rangers universe. And by we, I'm going to be joined by my co-host each and every single week, the ace of everything superhero homie Q, Quentin Ficklin, will join me right here to discuss everything Power Rangers right here exclusively on TMB Studios. I can't wait and may the power protect you all. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network SWM podcast right here on TMB Studios. You know, Chris, we were talking so much 
about the in your house, uh, you know, NXT takeover yes. uh, pay per view event, and how much nostalgia it brought back. And you know, with this on their social media platforms, you know, it's been all over the WWE network. You know, they spotlighted uh, the old in your house pay per view events. Yeah, they did. And so I had, you know, me, Chris. Yeah. I'm sure James Kitchens can verify this as well. Uh, I just had to go back and watch a lot of them, right? Right. Because <laughs> I watch more wrestling than any of y'all. Anyways, um, but yeah, I had to go back and uh, and watch this. And I I went back and I watched. I didn't watch all of them from front to back because that's impossible right now. Yeah. But there was one that I watched from front to back which was the very first In Your House, 1995. I'll never forget it. The reason I will never forget this pay-per-view event um, is because it was one of the very first pay-per-view events I ever saw as a child. Really? Yeah, so there was... So I don't know how this exactly worked, um, but my parents... I guess they recorded this or someone recorded it for them, but there was a videotape that I had and it wasn't it like it, it, it was a, it was a tape recording. It wasn't like the actual in your house, uh, tape from WWE. It was just, it was recorded on a tape kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Back when they did tapes, not DVDs. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I, I saw on this tape, and it opens up with uh, Razor Ramon, and he's addressing Jeff Jarrett and Lodi. And actually, the first thing that he says in the video is he's like, And kid, I know you're listening, man. You don't let me down. You don't worry about nothing, or it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you don't worry about nothing but him. <laughs> yeah. I got this. And, um... And so that's what I remember. So that's what I thought was the first like matchup to this. It turned out, I guess, I don't know. I guess something happened when recording it or something, or when they were recording it. So they got that part, but then they got the last part of it is actually the beginning of the pay per view with um, Bret Hart, Hart and Hakushi. Hakushi. Yeah, bless you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Anyways, but yes, so it starts off with Bret Hart and Hakushi, and um, this matchup is just fucking tremendous. Yeah, anything with Bret Hart (laughs) is fucking tremendous. Yes, it was, but it it was so different because, you know, not many people remember Hakushi in WWE, but I remember him because of this matchup um, kind of thing, and... um, I love the fact that this pay-per-view, if you want to talk about old-school nostalgia, you know, it has Vince McMahon opening it up. It was... <laughs> but you talk about some nostalgia. His broadcast colleague for that night was not Jerry Lawler, because nope. Jerry Lawler was involved in the matchup. So it was, well, Doc Hendricks! <laughs> and she's... Or, as many of him, or as many of you actually know him, as Michael PSAs. <laughs> what a different transition he made from being Michael PSAs to Doc Hendricks. Yeah, well, it, it's funny because 
He's like, he's like, and some lovely mother out there could win that beautiful home here in Florida. Don't forget, I got golf privileges. <laughs> and the look Vince gave him when he said that was priceless. Yeah, he <laughs> was just kind of like, like, rolls his eye like, yeah, some lucky person's going to be winning. <laughs> he's like. And and then you know he and he and he gives the classic line. But here comes the modern day kamikaze Akushi. And I was just like, oh man, like like immediately when I saw that intro, I almost wanted to tear up because yeah. it, it just it brought me back to those times when you know I was watching it with my dad at the time, um, and just getting into wrestling and stuff like that. It just Oh it's man, a nostalgia trip. It is, and I'll admit that the pay per view, when you look back at it, is kind of lackluster at best. It has its moments, but it's still like I I can't help it. It's, it's very of, dated. We have the one two three kid on the phone. Kid, are you there? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, can't have him on the phone anymore. No, it's no, live via Skype or something like that. And now they back then it was live via phone. Yeah, yeah, you had phone conversations. You had the nine hundred numbers, numbers like, like they. We're say. bringing the winners down to the nine hundred hotline. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler's spot on that was priceless after Bret Hart and a Hakushi uh, match. I want to fight him right now. Well, he just got hurt. That ain't the reason why I want to fight him. Want to fight him right now? He's on his way down here. He's what? Oh, um, I'm getting a page. Your beeper didn't go off. <laughs> it's on silent. <laughs> That's my mom. You know, I gotta we, go. We, we we were talking about this off air, right? Yeah. Like 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 we were talking about this, and it to me, it's just so interesting that he was such a chicken shit heel in WWE, and you know he's obviously looked at as probably the biggest pervert in WWE history. You know, puppies. Um, <laughs> but before all of that, could he not kill a motherfucker with his bare oh, yeah, hands at one point? He was the biggest draw in Memphis uh, during the late '80s and going into the early '90s. I mean, he was the he was the king. I mean, yeah, he really was. And of course, you know, he has one of the greatest works uh, in history. Yeah, with Andy, Andy Kaufman, Kaufman, obviously. Uh, but it's just you know, it, it's so interesting his WWE run. You know, he's made. Which I'm sure he he took fully. You know, it, it wasn't like he tried to hide that fact, right kind of thing. But just I just and especially like wasn't one of his five star matches uh, with um, Terry Funk. It was Terry, and didn't they do an empty arena matchup too? Like like was there like kind of the first empty arena matchup was Funk and Lawler? I believe it was. So I have to check my history books on that or call Bill Blanchard, but yeah, I believe it was. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh but yeah, I, I I just remember that. But um I, I, I going back to in your house though, um uh, obviously the very next matchup is that handicap matchup with Razor Ramon. And it was actually supposed to be the one, two, three kid, he was supposed to be there. However, he got injured, yeah. um, neck injury, obviously, and um, then that was the debut of Savio Vega too at the time. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Like, especially even looking back at it as a child, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, that's when he debuted. And what a way to debut him with uh, Razor Ramon. Yeah, and he was looked at as like a fan jump the arena, uh, you know, ringside or something like that. And it turns out it was Savio kind of thing. So it was, it was great. Um, 
I, I loved every minute uh, of that. Uh, and then we had a bomb. Fuck you, it's nostalgia. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new theme song for now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, well, it was Mabel and Adam Bob. And I, oh my God. You want to talk about Gimmick Central? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Vince McMahon on commentary. I'm sorry. I got to do it. Vince McMahon on commentary. Adam Bob, ready to explode here on King Mabel. I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh God, no. That's the stuff Vince <laughs> likes. He likes corny. So anytime he could. You know, throw those one-liners and those puns in. It just it fit in with Vince. Yeah, Every it did. Every single time. A blatant chokehold. Come on, ref. I've... Oh, come on, I got a turn again. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that a lot during this pay-per-view, yeah. too. Um, but <laughs> Doc Hendricks out there, too, on the fucking um, commentary. He's probably sitting there looking at Vince like, how the fuck do I follow you? Oh, God, he's just like, he's just like, uh, I remember when I worked with Jr. and he called moves. Yeah, <laughs> kind of Vince thing. don't call moves. Vince just calls things. No, Vince, <laughs> Vince didn't care about the moves. Uh, no. We all know this, but yeah, Adam Bobbers, King Mabel, King Mabel went over obviously uh, in that, and it was the King of the Ring qualifying matchup, which I was just like, God, I would have preferred this matchup happened at King of the Ring. They might not have gotten ECW chance during it or something. Uh, but it was a pretty short matchup too. Like it was just it was it was over and done with uh kind of thing. Um and then of course we go to the second matchup of Bret Hart. Now you as a booker Chris, what do you think of this? Bret Hart, he's not even the champion at this point, but he's on the show twice. What do you think of that? I think that is giving a little bit of exposure to someone you think could carry the company, so you want to see just how much they're willing to sacrifice. So maybe that was Vince's thing, or just maybe shitty booking. I don't know. (laughs) In WWE's case, it's probably shitty booking. But here's my thing, though, with it. Um... Haven't we already seen that he can carry the company? I mean, he had a pay-per-view where he wrestled three times in one night. And he's, it's not like he's done double duty before. Yeah, this was just probably just... Brett had that... And you knew it in the first uh, opening match that he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Yeah, and, I could tell that. Especially... <laughs> I remember this, too, as a child. You know, uh, I remember... I'm going to tear you apart. Happy Mother's Day. And then Todd Peck go. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes the excellence of execution, the Hitman, Brett Hart. Yes, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Sorry. Yes, we're live. Where you got to really instill that in our brains. That we are live. Like, okay. Well, we know. well we, I mean, you know, Bruce Buffer does that. So who knows? Yeah, but well, Vince screamed it out every time I matched <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, didn't it? But, um, yeah, so I, I just remember that. And then, you know, oh, my God, Jerry Lawler was just priceless on this whole show. If <laughs> his, his, I want to introduce you all to my mother. And, of course, it's not his mother. We can even tell that kind yeah. of thing. It's like this hot model kind of thing. Um, and then 
she's like, she's like, I want to challenge uh, Brett, uh, Helen Hart, Brett's mother, and and he goes, I'll tell you what, if you see a pile of wrinkled old flesh in one of these seats, that'll be Helen Hart. <laughs> Jerry Lawler has always had a way to spin the words just to either get under your skin. Or, or just make you laugh. It's great, though. Like, he's he's tremendous. He's one of the best performers of oh, yeah. all time. And I just don't think he gets the credit that he deserves a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, th- then we've got this uh, matchup. And I remember this because Hakushi comes in and interferes. And Lawler ends up pinning uh, Bret Hart uh, in this. And I was just like, holy shit. And like, he carried that mantle for a while. Oh, of course. And Bret Hart. Uh, Of course he did, you know, kind of thing. Um, Because why wouldn't he? And then, you know, eventually we would go with the Kiss My Foot matchup eventually. Uh, But but that's another story. Yeah, another story, another time. Um, But, yeah, so that's double duty for Bret Hart. And before this even, you know, Bret looked like he hurt his knee kind of thing. And then he he was, you know, limping. And then he comes out and he's like, oh, by the way, I'm not hurt. And Lana was like, Oh, oh, no, 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 like kind of thing. Like it was great. Um, I loved it. Um, and then we go to the main event, which is uh, two tanks that couldn't move a muscle in this match, unless they were tearing a quad. And I'll admit, though. Well, yeah, I'll admit, um, though, Big Daddy Cool, while he didn't draw one cent in his life. He was, he literally was the definition of cool. Yeah. Uh, he, he had that cool look to him. The problem is, though, is when you put him in the ring with a guy like Sid, who is almost the exact same size, those styles don't work. No. You can't, you can't put two guys, especially with Sid, who is about the size of you know, Big Daddy Cool Diesel with half the brain. That he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are you know, half the man that I am. And I have half the brain that you do. God, that promo. That one and the one where he's in WWF is like, we start Well, the skip, skip, skip. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. <laughs> Anyone that's got any death. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it when he was. I loved it when um, he didn't have. I, Daniel Bryan pointed this out one time, but I love it when when he's just walking down the ring. There's no mic in front of him, and <laughs> Bret Hart's calling him out. He just comes down the ring and he just goes, "I don't know shit, cry baby." <laughs> <laughs> But we have the the main event. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it was what it was. I mean, as a child, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, because WWE really was geared toward children back then. Uh, a you great could clearly team. tell with this show. There was there was not one hint of adultness on this show. Not a snowball's chance. Like, there was not an Attitude Era moment. There was not... A, uh, an adult. Yeah, this was before any window or anything like Sonny that. And Tammy Stinch. This was before Sable. This was before all that. This, this was, was before hardcore matches. Even yep. this was before violent rivalries. Before 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and everything like that. You know, this was this was what you know WWF was. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. Still carrying that Hulk Hogan mantle of say your prayers, eat your vitamins, drink your milk, and be child friendly. Because that's what Ico Pro is all oh. about. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, yeah, it was just great watching that back. Uh, you know, frontwards to back. And then, of course, you know, you go and you look at all of the other classic in your house uh, matches. You know, we, we reviewed two of them on here: mm-hmm. the Undertaker Mankind title matchup and the Bret Hart and Austin fight, which I told you that was, was one of my Taker, favorite. That was Taker's Revenge in your house. Yes, Taker's Revenge. And, and then, of course, you know, the first Hell in a Cell match took place in your house. Bad Blood. Technically, but it wasn't even called in your house at that point. It was just called Bad Blood. Yeah, but well, it was like in your house, and then, and then there was in your house the Generation X. Yes, um, which was the turning point. That was the last in your house. No, it technically was not. In '98, they still they used the in your house name, but they like didn't focus on it, kind of thing. Um, they still had in your house No Way Out of Texas. Actually, it wasn't even called No Way Out. It was called No Way Out of Texas because they were in Texas, obviously. Hmm. Um, then you had In Your House Breakdown, In Your House Rock Bottom. Yeah, um, they just didn't focus on it. They just focused on the name. Yeah, but yeah. Some they, of the, the more mentionable ones, like In Your House Beware of Dog, where the power went out. Oh, God. And then they had to do, Tuesday night, they had to repeat the pay-per-view for all the people who uh, paid for it and didn't get the pay-per-view. They had Beware of Dog too. Yeah, yeah. They, they had to go and record the whole show. And they recorded it at the same arena, too, right? Yeah. It was crazy. That was um, like, Cold Day in Hell was a good one. That um, one that, that one was good. Yeah, I enjoyed Buried Alive. Yeah. Your House Buried Alive. Yeah, that first was one, really good. I liked it. I mean, I could see where people are like, that's ridiculous, and I agree, but it worked. WWF <laughs> back in the day was ridiculous. That's what made it. They still now. are. What the fuck are you talking they about? They were more ridiculous back then. Like, the early 90s, the late 80s, they were freaking ridiculous, man. There was some stuff that even, um, you look back now, you scratch your head like, who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> and then you realize, oh, yeah, the guy who's doing the announcing. <laughs> hey, we're uh, alive! And he pretty much does it for almost every single one of them. Yeah. i tell you one, though, I thought was one of the best main events in In Your House history was the Final Four. Oh, yeah. With it was Bret Hart, Hart Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, and Vader. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a really good it one. It was awesome. Like, that was it was just such an incredible, incredible matchup. That wasn't even supposed to be for the WWE title originally, but that was when Sean lost his smile. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, just some great stuff. If, if you ever get a chance to go watch the In Your House stuff, you know, you can also watch probably the greatest matchup uh, in, in, in WWE history uh, happened, obviously, at In Your House, which obviously I'm talking about the Hogpin match. Um, <laughs> now, actually, this one was rated a, a five-star matchup. Uh, from Meltzer, even. It's the only one that he's ever given for uh, In Your House, and that was the Crybaby matchup. Um, <laughs> wow. I I saw that one. I started watching that one, and I went, oh, dear Christ. 
No. Like, like, okay, I swear someone in WWE was watching porn at that time and said, hey, you know what, let's, let's do this. <laughs> Idea. It worked with two women. Why not work with two guys, right? Okay, anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Leave it to Meltzer. No, Meltzer didn't rate that shit anything. He not He didn't rate it. I just was being sarcastic. Yeah, not Rainbow Road. I was being facetious. Maybe he was nothing to it. I don't know if I rated it. Uh, okay, anyways, that's a different Meltzer's story. weird. Yeah, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would just... I, if, 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 if you got the time, go and watch... Uh, uh, a lot of the in-your-house pay-per-views, especially the ones from 1995 all the way to 1997 because um, they really give you that nostalgia trip of WWF, and especially you know if you were a child growing up in the 90s like I was. Yeah, and it's easy to find on the WWE Network now. They have all the pay-per-views migrated together under names, so you can go to the pay-per-view name of your choice, find in-your-house, and then all of them are right there. You can binge-watch it if you've got that kind of time yeah i i tried doing that and again some of them are hard to get through i'll admit um because some of them are not that great but again it just it gives you that nostalgia and plus you you look back on it and you look at the in your house um model this is where the monthly pay-per-views started to come into play yeah um now it wasn't monthly all the time just yet it would slowly start to become that. Um, and really, WCW was to thank for that. But, uh, yeah, the In Your House was really where, you know, the, the, they started the monthly pay-per-view thing. And, you know, I, it's, it's interesting that they brought it back for NXT to do. But I often wonder, Chris, like, why didn't they just do it for the main roster? Because NXT, honestly, and, and this is truthfully, brutally honest, Vince McMahon doesn't never look back at what he's done before and repeat. He obviously thinks further ahead, whereas Triple H, Shawn Michaels, even uh, Road Dogg, and whoever else is with the NXT team, they know that the wrestling fans are not stupid. <laughs> they know that they, they thrive on nostalgia along with great wrestling action. Put them together. War games. You know, no, WWE never thought about using war games. Triple H did. Yeah. NXT did. Okay? So why not revisit the in-your-house model and, and put it with the NXT brand? It made sense. It worked. I don't think you could do that with the current generation of uh, WWE, Raw, and SmackDown talent. Uh, you know, I have to challenge you, I on, mean, you on, could. on that one because he, he, you know, you said that he never likes to go back on things. I'm like, well, he brought back Backlash, he and they brought, brought back, like, several pay-per-views. Okay, you know? Backlash was brought back in with a SmackDown brand split, which was two different writing teams. True. So... And if I'm not mistaken, Stephanie was still writing on Raw, and there was somebody else writing the SmackDown brand. Whoever was on the SmackDown brand obviously knew about the nostalgia part. And Shane McMahon himself thinks outside the box on things like that, knows that the wrestling fans aren't stupid. Right. So, 
I mean, it, it, it made logical sense then to bring it back to the brand that actually kind of ushered it in when the brand split first originally happened, because it was a SmackDown branded pay-per-view back then. Right, well. right. So, well, which I'm not even just talking about backlash. I mean, I mean like, they've they've gone to the well before. They went you know, to the well, and, but Vince McMahon doesn't go to the well as often as, say, like, Triple H knows... Uh, and the NXT uh, staff knows when to dip in that well and pull out the nostalgia, and they do it correctly. That's very true. It seems like you know Triple H has just got a lock and key under NXT right now. Like like he just can do no wrong with NXT, which which is not necessarily true because I've seen a lot of things that I don't really like with NXT. That's you know quickly happening. Um, I don't like the fact that now we're getting a live show of it every single week and the fact that, you know, there's almost a pay-per-view match every time. To me, it, 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 to me, it diminishes the takeovers. Yeah, I Because that, that was, that was the, that was the, the selling point to me for the takeovers was just the fact that you had this hour-long show and you, and you didn't get the same people every single week kind of thing. Um, they were able to space things out. They were able to keep things simple. And then by the time, you know, you got to the, t- the takeovers looked different from the TV show. Right. Whereas now it's like What's the takeovers. So yeah, the takeovers are starting to look just like the TV which, shows. Which is probably why they went to this model of going back to the well and, and pulling up this nostalgia stuff. Yeah. To revisit that and to give a different look and feel to these takeovers. And I agree. And, and, and it worked uh, It worked to perfection pretty much. And, and the thing with NXT that I don't understand what the main roster cannot get at this point, it seems like, is NXT with its storylines is so simple. But simple works. I mean, like, okay, look at Gargano and um, Keith Lee. Yeah. There was not all of this hoo-ha around it. It was just, I want the NXT, I want the North American Championship. You have yeah. it. Kind of thing. You know, they added some things in there, but nothing nothing too crazy. No, it's uh, Gargano runs NXT. He was part of the, uh, the revolution that became NXT, what it is now. And he's like Keith Lee's trying to take over, yada yada. This, and Keith that. Lee, you know, even said in the pro, he's like, he's like, you wave the, you say that you wave this imaginary flag around that no one told you or no one asked you to carry, kind of right. thing. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's simple story like that that draws people in. But when you when you go to the main roster, it's like. I don't even know why people hate each other now on that thing. I don't know, know what pisses. Just... I don't know what pisses people off there. I don't know what they're fighting for half the time. I don't know what's worth fighting for. Um, it seems like the the thing that everyone's most interested in is Mandy Rose and Otis at this point. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. It, you know, th- that's that's another discussion for a different day. But. Um, man, it, it, it was great going back and watching a lot of these in-your-house uh, pay-per-views. 
um, and I'm sure I'll cover them in full length on another time. I really just wanted to kind of do the first one, yeah, because the first one, to, you know, it's, it set the tone. Well, it set the tone, and it's my childhood kind of thing. Right. Like, like that was literally. It was that one, um, Halloween Havoc 95 was another one that I saw full, and I believe it was either SummerSlam 94 or SummerSlam 95, and I want to say it was 95 because that was when um, uh, Michaels and Ramon fought in a ladder matchup that was not at Mania. It was on SummerSlam kind of thing, Um, and so... The, those are like the pay-per-views that I remember that I actually got to see as a child kind of thing. And then that would later, you know, change over the years. But, man, it was just – it was a lot of fun. Um, and speaking of fun, uh, I've had a blast here oh, yeah. today. I hope I hope you all have had a blast, you know, just talking about wrestling, talking about the nostalgia of everything, talking about, um, you know, in your house, talking about NXT – and talking about, you know, of course, the wrestling uh, news and, and stuff like that. But as far as for today, I do believe we are about out of time here, Chris. Yeah, we, we discussed enough nostalgia, and we've had a lot of fun, so uh, we, we don't want to overkill it and overload it. we got to save some for next time. Well, I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about uh, next time, because uh, next time we'll we'll cover all of the wrestling news and, and, and stuff like that. We'll cover what's going on, on on WWE, AEW, NWA, ROH, any one of them that's, the, uh, that's going on. We'll, we'll dive into some more um, old classic events. Um, from any promotion, could be TNA, ECW, WCW, WWF, hell, maybe even an AEW, even yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I just I love what we do here at the Stoball Wrestling Network, and I hope uh, you all do too. And if you like hearing me talk about pro wrestling, I got to give a little bit of a plug here. I'm sure you've heard the commercial by now, but. I have a brand new podcast that's coming right here exclusively to TMB Studios, and it is all about the Power Rangers. That's right. It's called Power Rangers Go, and uh, it's going to be me and my host, the ace of everything, the ace of superhero homies, uh, super ho- uh, superhero homie Q. You know him as Quentin Ficklin. Uh, he will be... Um, co-hosting the uh, brand new Power Rangers podcast where we talk all about, well, you guessed it, Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're starting from the front. We're starting from Mighty Morphin and going into, what? what is the one now that's out? Oh, geez, I lost track. I know, <laughs> I lost track. But we're going to get on track with them because we're going to cover it all. We're going to cover it from episode one to episode now. Yep. Um, I guess that's just going to be the tagline. Yeah, it's going it to be, it's like gonna be a great experience. Um Wrestling fans, Power Ranger fans, uh, one and the same, you might as well say. Uh, it's something that we all grew up with, and I can't wait for it to debut right here on TMB Studios. It's going to be a blast, and uh, welcome Quentin Ficklin to the team. Uh, can't wait to get you on board and you know hear what you have to add to this topic uh, as far as the Power Rangers go. But, guys, it's coming soon. Uh, be looking for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. We're, we're going to record it soon here, and uh, it's going to cover the very first uh, four episodes of Mighty Morphin, and we're 
going to go from there kind of thing. Uh, so it's going to be great. Uh, please check that out exclusively here on TMB Studios. Add, add us on Facebook uh, as well. We'll have a Facebook page for the Power Rangers Go podcast. Right, and also uh, go back and check out the latest episode of the Chris Dickens Experience where Mr. Stovall is actually a guest. And we kind of go back to our roots from this show and talk about music, sports, and whatever else. Yeah. It was a great, fun podcast to do. You got to check it out if you want to live some nostalgia yeah, of the days real. of shooting a. <laughs> you want to check out CDE, uh, the latest episode. Yeah, I, I, I had a blast uh, doing that. And no, spoiler alert, we do not talk about wrestling on that one. Surprising. I know. We really. it for here. <laughs> yes, that, that that that's exactly the point. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to everything uh, that's coming up here. Oh, and by the way, you can also yes, before you ask, get that Power Rangers Go uh, podcast on all of your Spotify or all of your podcast uh, places. You can get it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Radio, and, and iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Uh, everything's coming down the pipeline. Uh, Just like this show, it. you can yep. get it. Be on the lookout for it. It's coming soon. But, like you said, too much fun. We're out of time. Yes, and that is it right here for the Stove Vault Wrestling Network. I will see you next time here on SWM for Chris Mother and Dickens. I am the one and only Caleb Stove Vault. Good night, everybody.